0: Book of Titus tonight, we'll be in Titus chapter number two, and then we'll be in Titus chapter number three. Uh, We'll uh, we'll pull a couple verses from chapter two, and one verse of scripture from chapter three, and uh, for several weeks now, for most of the services during that time, uh, we've been in the book of Titus. I've enjoyed uh, this book of the Bible. it's just uh, uh, three chapters. Uh, We have, I believe this is number seven or number eight of the message that I brought from the book of Titus. And uh, tonight uh, is a hidden truth um, that is so key on the surface. It just seems uh, we we, we glossed over it a little bit, uh, but I think it'll be a help to us tonight. and certainly want to give it the attention uh, that it deserves this evening. Uh, Titus chapter number 2. And uh, before I read the scripture, I'll remind you, of course, Paul is writing to his preacher, Uh, Son in the faith, Titus. Uh, he reminds him in verse number one that he is sending him to Crete uh, because there are some things that need to be put into, or- put into order, some things that are lacking. Uh, he encourages him to uh, hold to that which he believes and because there's a lot of false doctrine, there's a lot of false teaching. Uh, he re- he encourages him to train others uh, so that they may help him in uh, winning those people to Christ. Uh, he reminds him in chapter number one the the, the, the clientele, if you will, the people of Crete. And we'll look at that again uh, this evening, but he, he, he writes to them that the people of Crete are liars, uh, they're evil beasts, and they are slow bellies. Now, we spent some time explaining what each of those are. Uh, these men are liar, they could not control their passions. Uh, whatever they wanted to do, they were gonna do it and uh, not feel bad about it. Uh, then he reminds him in chapter number two, uh, here as a pastor, here's your responsibility. Uh, this is what you need to be reminded of. Uh, this is your responsibility. Chapter 3, among other things, we looked at uh, the responsibility that you to treat different types of people uh, in a scriptural manner. Uh, lost people, we ought to consider that they're lost, and we ought to treat them a certain way. Safe people, uh, we need to be reminded there's responsibilities for us. To the heretic, we have a responsibility, a scriptural admonition to treat them a certain way. Tonight, I want us to look uh, at chapter number two. In the midst of all this, and I hope we've seen how important this, this book really is, one of the pastoral epistles with First and 2 Timothy, we get much of our instruction about how the New Testament church should operate. The things that a pastor should give attention to things that a people uh, should understand about the structure of the church and what our responsibility is and the roles that we place when the midst of all of that we find in chapter number two look at me in verse number nine and verse number ten exhort servants to be obedient under their own masters and to please them well in all things not answering again not purloining but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. We see the beginning of chapter number 9, exhort servants, then there's some instructions, So a list of things that the servants are to be exhorted, to be challenged, to be encouraged. Now look at chapter 3, verse number 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. So there's a mindset. He said... Titus, it's your responsibility to exhort those servants to do certain things. Titus, it's your responsibility to put them in mind or to put them in a mindset. Notice what that mindset is. To be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Uh, So there's a mindset of that subjection. I want to use these two passages of Scripture that are tied together. There's, talk about being in subjection to two different groups of people, but a mindset of subjection in the midst of all of the admonition, instruction, uh, responsibility that we find in the book of Titus. I want to teach on this subject tonight, the right mindset of servants. The right mindset of servants. There's some things that the Bible teaches here and I'm going to bring out that will make sense to us because it's, the Bible says it, first of all. But society says some of it. But there's a reason in the context that it's tucked... There's a reason why it's tucked in. Some, when I look at this whole book and look at these things, and I find this, this doesn't seem to fit with the doctrine. It doesn't seem to fit with the instruction of the requirements of, a, of the pastor. It doesn't fit, seem to fit with the, with the responsibility to, to rebuke a false doctrine. It doesn't seem to fit. Why did he put in this letter to Titus... You need to exhort those servants, there's certain things they should do with their masters. Put the people in the mindset of subjection. There's a reason for that, and we're going to see that tonight. So i want to speak on that subject with the right mindset of servants. Father, help us tonight as we uh, look into the Word of God. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would teach us tonight, instruct us, give clarity of thought, and may we uh, receive this in a way that we can readily apply it uh, so that we can uh, honor you, but that we can make a difference in the world around us. I'm afraid too many times we as Christians, we underestimate the difference we make in our world, in the places we go, in the, in the places that we serve, and Father, may we realize the importance of that this evening, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As I've already mentioned in chapter 3, verse 1, uh, Titus has been uh, instructed to put them in mind to be subject. Paul gives Titus the responsibility in the midst of, yes, you're going to train men to go and preach the gospel. You're going to train men to help you in that respect. He says there's a certain mindset that you need to put the people into. It's your responsibility. We parallel that and we connect it with chapter number 2, verse number 9 and 10, exhort servants. Um, There's a mindset that servants need to have. And he clarifies what that is, and we're going to go through it this evening, but let me give you some background. Let me give you some foundation before we get to the outline. He's reminded there must be, it is imperative, it must must be in subjection. uh, In in the midst of all of this instruction, he gives this about the servant. Now let me give a little clarification on what he means with a servant. Uh, Exhort the servant, somebody who have a job. Uh, would be serving their master Uh, certainly in servanthood uh, there are those who uh, they were that bond servant they were those who uh, they had the responsibility to uh, their master this was a time period especially during this time where you had class systems and if you were of one class of people you were a servant to another class of people, that's just the way it was. Sometimes these were servants that came about. They committed a crime, and part of their punishment is they were going to serve in a certain capacity. Uh, same is true of a, a conquered people. They were conquered slaves, and they could be, they would be a servant because they had been a conquered people. Uh, you think of Daniel, you think of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and their example of those who had been conquered. Uh, you were a debtor. Uh, if you had a debt that you could not pay, guess how you did it? You worked it off. Uh, you went into uh, servanthood, or, or or you submit yourself to being owned by that individual until you paid your debt off. Uh, in the social classes I've already mentioned, so this is who he's speaking to, some or all was probably likely on the island of Crete. It was just the way it was. Uh, whether you worked a job for a wage or whether you were that indentured servant, however it was, He said, there are some things that you must exhort. It would not be out of the realm of possibility as he's described these people as to be liars, evil, uh, or brute beasts, evil beasts, and to be slow bellies. They're not going to bridle their passions to own another man, to mistreat other people, to have their uh, livelihood as the most important thing. That's the type of people in the type of climate of that day. So in the midst of all of this, Paul instructs Timothy and speaks to him directly about the servants, about those who are going to carry on in their everyday life. He's trying to win them with the gospel. When they get saved, they don't just leave and go to heaven, just like we don't. We have a life that God wants us to live, and we should live it trying to win other people, trying to point other people to the Savior so that uh, they, they can know the Lord, so that we honor him in that respect. Paul is instructing Titus to exhort these Christians in in chapter 3, in verse number 3, in their actions as a servant. Uh, He reminds them that just because they get saved doesn't mean their boss or their master is saved. And they're supposed to conduct themselves in a certain way, because we saw this in weeks past, because in verse number 3 of chapter 3, he reminds them they were just like they were before they got saved. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, and this is a good reminder for me to remind time for me to remind all of us now. Sometimes we get frustrated with lost people. Well, don't they know any better? You didn't until you had the Spirit of God, didn't you? You didn't until somebody taught you from the Bible. Um, he says they are not go- they're not st- going; they're going to be who they are. The responsibility is on that servant who knows the Lord. The responsibility. Is on the servant to their master he remind we must remember and this is important bear with me this is important to remember that the Christians as I've already said were liars evil beasts slow bellies this is why he has to take the time to teach the servants there's a certain way there's a mindset anybody ever have a job they didn't like they couldn't stand and if you work here don't raise your hand Um, oh, i got to get in this mindset to go do that. Or something that you don't like to do, oh, i got to get in the right mindset. That's what Paul is telling Titus, he's got to get them to have this mindset because it's not going to come natural. And as they deal in the everyday with the people around them, they're going to have to get in a mindset of subjection, a mindset as a servant. He reminds them of that because of what the people were. He reminds them, and we're going to get to it specifically and look at some specific things tonight, but he tells them this because a good reminder that they should hold themselves to their character as a servant and not use the actions of their master as an excuse to act in a certain way. And we do this. Well, if they hadn't lost their temper, I would not have lost mine. What does that have to do? Them losing their temper, what does it have to do with you losing yours? Well, if they didn't cuss me out, I wouldn't have cussed them back. We live in a day of excuse giving, especially among God's people. Well, I wouldn't have got upset if they... I understand people push our buttons, but sometimes your button's about that big. We have a responsibility for our own actions, and that's what he's trying to teach them. Your boss, because it's still Crete, right? You with me tonight? They get saved, they're in church, they're learning and growing, their boss is still a liar. Some of you are saying, some of you are just relating to this right now when I go through this. Their boss, according to what's written in the scripture, is an evil beast. Their boss is a a slow belly. He's saying, you better exhort them to have the right kind of mindset and they act because of their character. Not to act, they don't have a justification to act a certain way because they've been mistreated. You think, you think a group of people, now this is, just, this is just amazing to me. There's a group of people that Paul writes and says they're liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. And in verse 13, we say this witness is true because they even say that about themselves. Yep, yeah, that's right, that's us. That, group of, that type of a person, would it be fair to make the assumption that they would mistreat a servant? Is it fair to make the assumption that if they could cheat them out of compensation, they would? I think it's a fair assumption. It's fair because of the type of people that we know them to be, that they would mistreat their servants. They would mistreat those that worked for them. They would mistreat those who they had a responsibility over. Paul does not, this is so key, Paul does not give Titus instruction on how to do, deal with the masters who mistreat the servants. He gives instructions to the servants on how they act in spite of how their master treats them. This is Christianity. Christianity. We, the, the Bible teaches us in so many ways, this is the way we should act, not because the world is, it's because we're going to act this way, regardless of how the world acts and treats us. I, I preached on this recently, as the world gets wickeder and wickeder, we should not move with the world and say, well, I'm still better than the world it is. No, we stay with the Bible. And he is not giving instruction to the wicked master. He's giving instruction to the Christian, the saved servant. There's a mindset they need to have. There's a way they need to conduct themselves based off of their actions and not use the excuse of a lost individual of how they're treated. Honestly, when it comes to, generally speaking, as Christians, I could probably stop the Bible study there. And say well we need to hear that don't we because we let somebody else control our Christianity we let a employer we let a neighbor we let a family member we let somebody and we use them as an excuse of why we conduct ourselves in the way we conduct ourselves and Paul is telling Titus Titus in this environment that you're in you give them a mindset it's it's it's, it's 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 like this is something I decided years ago. Whenever um, I eat at a restaurant and leave a tip, I'm going to leave a good tip. At least at least thirty-five cent. I mean, I'm going to leave a no, I'm going to leave a good tip. In, what if they give you bad service? In spite of the service, I'm going to leave a good tip because I tip out of my character, not out of theirs. And please, if you don't tip, say, well, I just don't agree. But that's fine. You don't have to do that. Just don't leave a track for Emmanuel Baptist Church when you don't tip. And let me just jump right to it. Shouldn't we be trying to win our employers to Christ? Shouldn't we be trying to have the person who does do business with us say there's something different about them? Well, they just didn't treat me right. Welcome to life. They didn't treat Jesus right. They crucified him. They mocked him. They didn't treat him right. The point is, there's a way that we are supposed to conduct ourselves, and that is what he is getting to. Now, let's look specifically tonight at what he is telling them about their mindset. We see this in our text, and it is a reminder of the responsibilities, the conduct of the servants. They're not gonna, they can't use the excuse for the conduct uh, because of the conduct of their masters. And let me just make it very pointed uh, Christian, you live in a secular world, a lost world. Um, some of you through the years have complained about how you live for, you work now for woke corporations and how difficult I got this boss. And they're, 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 they're just okay. Um, you're not going to give an account for anything other than your actions. Well, I'm going to, I've got to have God's help to do that. That's the point. That is the point. Let's get to what he says. He says in verse number nine, exhort servants to be obedient unto their masters and to please them with wealth things. Number one, they're to please their master. Again, this goes against our society today of just punching a clock or just um, getting by on the minimum. How do they please their master? It's right there in verse number nine. Exhort servants to be obedient under their masters by obedience. You know and, and I don't know that we need to hear this, but in our society, I think we do. There's a reason why they're the boss they're, they're, they're the boss, they're in charge. You have to do what they say. I don't know who he is God always telling me what to do. The boss. you know I, I just he, he treated me this way this way don't I mean. Do the checks cash? Well, that's a whole other story. Who is, who does he think he is? The guy that signs the check? There's something to that. They're to obey. Now, I think it's very clear that our obedience to a secular world, including what is pointed out in verse number 1 chapter 3, the two principalities and powers and obey magistrates. If there's a conflict with what God has said and what they say, I'm sorry, I'm going to obey God. That's all there is to it were to obey God, but a boss wanting you to work a little longer, perhaps in this context, that is not in conflict with what God says necessarily. So he says, to please their master by obedience. Notice what else it says. This is probably gonna be one of the least comfortable, least popular Bible studies I've ever done. And to please them well in all things. How about do, tell them to do their best? Do their best. Well, my boss is lazy. Again, what does that have to do with you as an individual? Do your best. It would be sad, it would be very hypocritical for a Christian mom, a Christian dad to look at their child and fuss at them because they got red marks on their papers that came home from school about doing their best. And then they go to work and they don't do their best. What if, the, what, if, what if the student came home with that teacher? If you just knew what that teacher was doing? If you just knew the way they. And by the way, parents, if your junior hire comes home and they do that, the problem's with the junior hire, not with the teacher. Thank you for the three amens. Um, can you imagine if your kid came home and that teacher? Just da, 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 I hope. Do your best. Well, my best just isn't good enough. Okay. Do your best anyway. That's the best. And I'll use the academic things. If your child is only capable of a C, don't feel bad because they come home with a C. Matter of fact, in our school, they come home with a C. That's like an A everywhere else. The point is that they're learning. But if that's their best, that's okay. But that's what he's speaking of. Do your best. Please your master. Notice what else... It says, not answering again. I was going to write in there, what this means is just shut your mouth. But I think it'll go over a little bit better. Be dependable without having somebody just stand over you all the time. But this, but this. Why did you do that? Well, because of this. Because of this. Um... Not answering again. Be dependable. Be somebody. Well, you get taken advantage of. Again, the context of what this is talking about, that individual, he's living in a world, his boss, he can quit that job because he's a, are you with me tonight? Because his boss is a Cretan. he's a liar, he's an evil beast, and he's a slow belly. I'm going over there and getting a job, and guess what that boss is? He's a liar also. He's an evil beast also. He's a slow belly also. That's what they all were. So, the important thing was, he says, get them in this mindset. They need to please their master. This is going somewhere. He tells them in verse number 10, not purloining. What, what does that mean? Perloining simply means stealing. So, basically, number two, not a thief. He said, don't be a thief, not purloining. For those that were servants, they were indentured servants. They didn't have a choice whether they showed up. They couldn't quit because legally they had to serve in that capacity. Um, It was common for them. If we go one more book of the Bible, Philemon was a slave, was a servant who stole from his master and ran off. It was a common thing for the servants to do that. And what he is saying to them, get them in the mindset, not purloining, get them in the mindset not to steal from their master. Now, they might have had to get this over this in their mind. Well, they're not paying me what I'm, they agreed to pay me. And so in my mind, that's rightfully mine. Paul's saying don't do that. That you have an agreement, you have, that's what you, it's, you have a responsibility don't take from them. We justify, I should be treated better. Maybe you should. I deserve more. Maybe you do. But he's still saying you get them in that mindset, not to steal. Another way that you can steal from your master is time. If you get paid for an hour, you got to work an hour. You get paid for two hours, you got to work for two hours. You get paid for a week's work, you ought to... Work a week's work. Um, we justify a lot of things in our mind. And it's easy to do that. But we fail to look at it from God's perspective. We fail to look at it from our own character. Um, he said not purloining. He said, they should not be one that steals. So if they're a servant, that bond servant, that indentured servant, that slave, if you will, tell them not to steal. We're that mindset. Don't steal. Okay, he said, don't, don't be a thief. Number three, he says, show fidelity. Not purloining, but showing all good fidelity. What does he say in there? Treat what has been entrusted to you as your own. Well, it's, not, it's the master's. Treat it like it's yours. Well, I, it's not my company. What if it was? I told you this is not gonna be a very popular one tonight. Um, supposed to treat, he's telling them, this is what Paul is instructing Titus to tell those servants get in the mindset, show fidelity, treat it like it's your own. I remind you, it's about their character, not the character of their master. Let me just, let me just interject this here. Can God bless you in spite of a bad boss? Can God bless you in spite of, you know, HR doing you wrong? Absolutely he can. But he's going to bless you based on your character. Well, Pastor, I don't see that in my paycheck from week to week. You just, you just do right. You just do right. You just do right. God has a way of making it all take care of itself. But too many times we play the victim well, I've just been done so wrong and and I just, I I can't believe in Paul is telling Titus, you know what kind of, they know what kind of bosses they have because of the people there. You tell them, get them in that mindset they are going to be taken advantage of. Don't steal from them and treat what they have been given as if it was their own. There's something too when Children, as they grow, and mom and dad buy them things, and they don't take care of it, and they don't. But let them buy it with their own money. Um, and, boy, it's a whole different thing. Siblings can't touch it. Nobody else can. Matter of fact, I'm, not, I'm just going to keep it in the box and not even use it. It's not doing any good. That's okay. I don't want anything to happen to it. What it is? It's their own. And, by the way, Teenagers and children, it's a good thing to treat mom and dad's house now that way. Um, take care of it. Treat it like it's their, their own. That's what he's telling them. If we apply this, there's going to be a whole lot of bosses tomorrow just scratching their head. I'm telling you, it could be what in the world's going on. Number four, and this is where it all builds to. Verse number 10 again that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. Before is bring no dishonor to Christ. Adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. He's talking about their testimony. Let me remind you one more time and add some context as well. Remember the Cretans. What they were. but They were used to everybody having a God. They had gods. But the gods they were used to were pagan gods who endorsed much of their action. They were used to the Jews and the Jewish teachers. They were used to those those laws. And chapter number one says those guys that were teaching the law, which is such a high standard, they were teaching things and they were making. They were just doing to make money on the side. Everybody knew that. So for a boss to hear, you had a god. I've got twelve. And they justify. I mean, you heard a missionary a couple of weeks ago going to Iceland talking about how the Bible in Iceland has been changed to endorse the most vile lifestyles that the Bible has been changed. There's no new thing under the sun. You think that's the first time that's ever happened? People have always used religion to justify. Same thing on Crete. Oh, here comes somebody who says, They have, and keep this in mind, you're not the only one who comes into your job and says, I don't want to work on Sunday. I don't want to work on Wednesday night. I'm a Christian. I don't want to do this. There's a lot of others. Oh, here comes another one. But wait a minute. This one does the best they can to please their boss. This one, from the time they clock in to the time they clock out, They're working. This one treats the task like it's their own. This one conducts themselves in such a way that it doesn't bring reproach to Christ. Because even if you don't advertise it, people know there's something different. And in their mind, everybody, there were pagan gods, those Jewish teachers and and, 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 and they were uh, that filthy lucre. And in spite of all of that, in spite of the gods they had, they were still liars. But here's a servant who's not a liar. This is different. In spite of the gods they had, they were still, what does the Bible say, evil beast. They couldn't control their passions they couldn't control themselves they had gods they had a lot of them and they had a, they were very prominent because we get that because Titus is told by Paul you better hold fast to what you believe we know there were heretics because at the end of chapter 3 he tells him how to deal specifically with the heretics So we know there were gods, but in spite of that, they were still evil beasts. Wait a minute, this person has their passions in check. That's different. In spite of the gods they had, they were still slow bellies. They were lustful, slothful. Uh, That's what they were. Well, here's an employee who works hard treats their master with in spite of how i treat them he still treats with respect you know why there's a testimony there why why do we think the apostle paul would instruct titus to get them in a mindset of subjection a mindset as a servant There are some things when it comes to their masters. We've seen what they are to do in one through three. Number four, we see the reason why we do one, two, and three. Well, you can work a job for a long time, and if something happens amongst that workplace, if somebody tragically passes away, if somebody has a lost loved one, some people aren't going to have a good enough testimony to give the gospel because they've been just as lazy as every other person there. They've treated everybody else the same. They've stolen from their employee, employer. They've they've acted. There's no change. And Paul is saying, in spite of being a servant, and by the way, they didn't have OSHA standards. There wasn't no HR to go complain to. Well, I think I've been a little overworked and the workplace is a little hostile. You did that, you got whipped. That's, That's the environment they lived in. He said, get them in that mindset. Why? Because they don't that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. The reason is, is because Paul sent Titus to Crete not to just check a box on his ministry resume. He sent Titus to Crete not just, just to live on an island and fill his days as a missionary. He sent Titus to Crete set the church in order why so that they so that the people may be one with the gospel and he said as you teach and you win them you got to get them in the mind you got to train them you got to get them in a mindset but it's not fair and and. And I fulfilled my obligation as a servant years ago. I paid my debt years ago. I want to, I want to go home to my family. I want to go do something else. But, but they refuse to the honor, their end of the obligation. You still please them. You don't lie. You don't steal from them. You do what you're supposed to do. You treat it like it's yours because you don't want to bring reproach to the name of Christ because everybody's got a God. This one is different. This one has made a change. Paul sent Titus to that island to win everybody on that island and to enlist those that he won because there's a desire for that servant as he's been mistreated. I know what would change you, boss. Maybe they don't say this to him. Maybe they do. I know it would change my master if he met Jesus like I met Jesus. We have Christians who are more interested today in being a capitalist than they are Christian. I'm all alone with that one every time I do it, say it. They're more interested in being a Republican than righteous. They're more interested than in being, life being fair than winning the people who are mistreating them. I, I warned us through the months and the years, we've got to be very careful with this political rhetoric. Well, those Democrats need Jesus. Well, my boss is just... How many times have you prayed for him to get saved? How many times have you invited him to church? Well, I know they wouldn't come. What does that have to do with our responsibility, number one? Number two, let the Holy Spirit... You don't think the Holy Spirit can do a work? Because when at the end of the day, these masters, they wanted... The prophet, they wanted the work to get done. They wanted, they wanted their, 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 their livelihood to grow. And here's somebody who's helping them do that, and there's different no matter what I do to them. They don't do anything to bring a reproach. Well, their God is different. Do we want to win the people around us, or just like, they better treat me right? As a Christian, you should treat people right. And it's sad, it's sad, it's tragic, and we'll give an account of it, that so many times people of the world, lost people, treat people, treat you better than brothers and sisters in Christ do. Don't be in that number. You should treat people right, people should treat you right. But when you have the opportunity to just be a good... What he's saying is, tell them to just have the mindset, be a good Christian... Be a good Christian. You know, we have the same responsibility as that early church. My neighbor's a jerk. That has nothing to do with the sermon. That's just really my... No, you know, we, you may say that. They're just a, you know, they make tall fences. If you can help with that. But why don't you start praying every night? Lord, help me to have the opportunity to give them the gospel. It is in the Bible a soft answer, turneth away wrath. Bless God if I'm going to take care of them. Hey, we ought to, don't sacrifice. We ought to be willing to let our pride be trampled a little bit if it gets us a little bit closer to giving them the gospel we're too full of ourselves, aren't we? But God, nobody treats me that way. Well, your wife... I mean, anyway, do we want to win those people? That's the context. They were liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. And just because you got saved doesn't mean their master's going to be any different. And that's what he reminds them. And by the way, I'll, since I've just thrown this all out tonight, um, I'll just throw this out too. That's the context when he speaks in number, uh, verse number two to speak evil of no man. He's talking about the principalities, the powers, and the, ma- and the magistrates. I think Christians spouting off on Facebook about politics has probably done more damage to the cause of Christ than a lot of other things. There's lost people that see that. Well, I thought Jesus said to love everybody. And they can get things out of context. The bottom line is, I don't want to do anything in my life that would hinder me from being a witness to somebody else. Bless God, when he cuts that grass, if he gets over on my side a little bit more, he better not get over here and cut. Well, If it's me, I'm like, come on. Silly illustration, but I think we get the context tonight. He says, and if you say tonight, say, Pastor, I have a bad one. And some of you do. I, I don't have a good work environment. That's tough for a Christian. You say, well, they're liars. You're not the first Christians. You have to deal with masters who are liars. They can't control their passions, the, the language, the, 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 the things that are there and just the vileness. You're not the first ones. But they, they're just, everybody is the slothful and as part of our society today, but you're not the first Christian. God's not going to have us give an account of everybody, the entire workforce. It's us. What is our character? And this is why you do it. Because you have, we want to win them. It'd be good for Every every Christian to read, I'll just stop there for a moment. But to read Fox's Book of Martyrs, accounts of those martyrs, and the things they said to the people who were beating them, tying them to the stake they were going to burn them at. They never lost the How do you why do you think there were Romans that were saved? Because Paul won his guards. Those dirty, rotten Romans. Paul won them. When he was sent to Rome on 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 a prison ship and he got there, he's like, well, I have a captive audience. I'm here to win people. God will make the wrongs right. We're here to represent him. And it's not always fun. It's not always pleasant. It's not always fair. But sometimes I think God allows us. Did God give you your job? If God gave you your job, he knew who you'd be working with. He knows who's saved and who's lost. He knows who's hurting. There there are saved people out there who are hurting. And they just, they're, they're, they're fed up with it like you're fed up. They don't know there's still a place where people can come. And be encouraged, and built up, and loved. They're looking for. They're looking what they're looking for. They're looking for a real Christian. That word "authentic" gets thrown around a lot. And what I've discovered: everybody who uses it is not. They're not very authentic. Because Jesus let people mistreat him. You heard the. Have you ever heard the song? I got two minutes. You ever heard the song? He could have called ten thousand angels. He was bid, those angels were ready. All he had to do, that's, he didn't come to be treated right. He came so that men might be saved. I just I want to be like Christ, that dirty, rotten bossy, better, that, that good. Let's take a different approach. And I'm not saying I'm not saying tonight, what I'm teaching is easy. Well, it's, it's nice of you to say, pastor, you work at the church. I'm, I'm, really, this is for me tonight because of that. Um, no, it, it, it could be applied to neighbors. It could be applied when you go to Walmart. You need Jesus when you go to Walmart. I just got, to, I just, I just had to decide, I mean, that's where I'm going to start ministering. I'm just going to go there and just be like, everybody there needs Jesus. So no matter who I talk to, um, well, he said, you better get that mindset. You better get that mindset. God will take care of us. Boy, I think it would change our mentality, wouldn't it? It's like oh, instead of they're just such a jerk. Well, they're the Christians were liars, evil, beasts, slow bellies. They need a Christ. People need Christ. This world needs Christ. We don't need to live to be. I want to prove, it. I've, I've said this recently. And was I, I said it again, and then i and then I'll I actually will. Conclude. At some point, we as Christians we're so concerned with being right. And as long as we have this, we're right. Well, this I don't care what anybody else says. I don't have to debate it. This is right. But why we're right is so that we can win those who are wrong, win those who need Jesus. We don't need to live today to win an argument. That's why Jesus told those disciples, if they somebody wants to argue with you, shake the dust off your feet. If they want to reject Jesus. Just leave. Find some. There's somebody who wants him. Better get a good mindset, and because there's somebody around you, you know what we need. We need a revival of stand to your feet. I told you. I, I conclude. Um, we need a revival of Christians who say, you know, I just, Pastor, God hadn't called me to the mission field. Maybe your workplace is your mission field. Why don't you bring a co-worker to church with you? I might get labeled as the Christian. Why don't, you know what would, what would change this world is if Christians say, you know what? My neighborhood is my mission field. I'm, I'm going to make a point to meet all my neighbors if I got to make them chocolate chip cookies to talk to me, whatever, I'm inviting them to church. I'm going to do the best I can to win them. Are my streets my mission field? Well, my neighbors are noisy and they're loud. Well, they, they play their music. They need Jesus. Hey, let's apply this tonight. And I'll pray and then we'll be dismissed. But just to help you, when a, when a preacher says, finally, on that point he's done but when he says lastly he last. and so just a little tip there let's pray father help